The contest for Missouri's lieutenant governorship is heating up, and Republican nominee Mike Parson says he has what it takes to outflank his experienced Democratic foe. The Bolivar Republican joins us on another edition of Politically Speaking. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Uh, I think that is fair As to I say. say Hands to kiss and babies to shake. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think my record speaks for itself. That's a really good question. Hello and welcome to the Politically Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Rosenbaum, a reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. Joining me in studio today is... Colleague Joe Manis. And returning to our show for the second time, the pride of Polk County, Missouri, we have <laughs> as our special guest. Uh, good to be here this morning, Jason. Well, you got to identify yourself. <laughs> oh, Mike Parson. Mike Parson from uh, Polk County, running for lieutenant governor of the state of Missouri. Yes, he, state he, senator. He's a state senator. He's the Republican nominee. Um, for, for Lieutenant Governor, let's talk briefly about that because your contest with Bev Randalls was very spirited, um, very competitive, and you ended up prevailing. I'm interested to hearing what your theory is about why you're the nominee right now, basically. I, you know what? I, I think any time that you're running, uh, of course, my first time for running statewide office, but it, if you get involved in the politics and you're running a campaign, truly to me it's all about the candidate and how hard you want to work. And that means going to a, a lot of events. That means making sure you meet people face-to-face, that you're shaking hands, and that people get a chance to know who you are. And I, I think one of the things that we did on the campaign trail in the primary is we tried to open, uh, open myself up to most people where I came from, what I've done, uh, what my accomplishments in life are, and really why I was qualified to be the lieutenant governor of the state of Missouri. And we tried to stay on that point, and we tried to stay focused on the positive side of things. Uh, we didn't go down the, uh, the the negative side of things like a lot of camps do to win. And at the end of the day, it, it was a great victory for us. We prevailed. Uh, needless to say, we were outspent by a, a large number. Yes. Uh, and uh, so I was proud of that campaign we ran. I, I was proud of all the people that helped me, volunteers that did that. And uh, we're going to do the same thing in the general election. We're going to try to stay on message. Now, if you wanted to summarize really quick, I mean, why people should – I mean, what's your key message is about your background? What makes your background – fit with the office, why people should vote for you, um, what right. what, are, sure. what would you say? You know, I, I think one thing you have to know where I came from, and, and I come from a very humble beginning where I'm going to say most candidates haven't. Uh, my, my family never had a lot, uh, so I know what it's like from day one not to have much and have to work all my life. My career in the United States military, uh, two tours of duty, uh, to know what really public service is about, law enforcement for 20 plus years, being a farmer, a current farmer that actually works the land and active on that farm, and then a small business owner. And I think when you look at that, plus uh, the things I've had in my family life, you know, I've just been very fortunate and blessed in my career to be able to do the things I've done. And, and people, I think, need to understand that. Now, you sort of became famous, so to speak, and <laughs> uh, it's un- unfortunate. About a year and a half ago, oh. um, uh, after uh, State Auditor... For a while, you were running for governor. Then there was state auditor Tom Schweik had his suicide. I apologize if my order isn't right. But the point is you gave you you were among the people who discussed on the Senate floor how things needed to change as far as the climate, political climate. Joe, Joe, I still believe that I uh, I meant what I said on the Senate floor. I I think saying famous is probably not the right way to describe me. But uh, notorious. (laughs) <laughs> now, I, you know what? I, I think I'll go back to what I said earlier on. I think you be honest 
and, and it's okay to tell people how you feel. And it's okay to say we're not right by doing what we're doing, regardless what, which party you're with, regardless what the, the head of the party say, regardless where the money comes from or how it generates. At some point, you got to stand up and be a man and a woman and say, hey, look, this is just not right. You know, during the uh, aftermath of Tom Schweig's death, there, was some, there were some people who felt that there was a strain of anti-Semitism in Missouri politics because of the alleged whispering campaign. What do you think it says about Missourians that it's possible we may have a Jewish governor and a Jewish U.S. senator and Eric Greitens and Jason Kander? Well, you know, I, I think one of the things I, you don't need, I don't even hear that issue, Jason. I, I, I don't, and I'm glad we're not talking about. That's that what issue. I mean. It I seems mean, like it, it seems like the the fact that both of them could become those those right. those posts means right. that maybe anti-Semitism isn't really a big problem for them or in Missouri politics. I have not seen that on the campaign trail. I've not heard that, and I'm thankful I haven't. And I hope we don't hear that. I, you know, I hope. Uh, you know, unfortunately, tragedies happen sometimes in, in people's lives and in people's careers and, as you too well know, reporting things from time to time. But you hope sometimes through those tragedies you learn things mm-hmm. uh, so and you don't make the same mistake. Has any of that affected you as you're now running for lieutenant governor against Democrat Russ Carnahan? Has that um, affected either how you campaign or what you highlight and what you don't? No, I, you know what? I campaign harder. You know, uh, you know, I'm old school. You know, I always think work at the end of the day pays off. And I'm running up and down this state as hard as anybody is. I'm putting more signs up than anybody is. I'm meeting more people than any candidates probably out there. And absolutely just uh, busting my tail in to get people to know me and hear my message. Now, before we get to the campaign part near the middle end of the show, I actually want to go through the various things that the lieutenant governor does. Because on this show, I've made fun of the lieutenant governorship and you know, said that it inferred that it's a do nothing job, but right. you do serve on a number of important boards. You preside over the Senate and, and you can break ties and you can break ties if you wish. And you can all you also become governor if the current governor resigns or dies. Right. So let's let's talk about some of the big decisions that actually the current lieutenant governor made pretty recently. One of the things that Lieutenant Governor Peter Kinder did last year was vote against a line of credit for the St. Louis football stadium that didn't end up coming to be. I think it was on the Missouri Development Finance Board, which you would be a member. If you were in that similar situation, would you have approved that line of credit? And if so, why? And if not, why not? Well, speculative when you ask that question, because I wasn't there and I don't know what all the facts were, but I would probably, at the time, probably would not have done that. You know, but but I, I want you to make sure we're understanding clearly. I don't know what the facts were when it come up in front of that board. Sure. I don't know what those were. But but my thinking of it is, uh, what I knew about that with the Cronky situation, uh, I, I, it was a very difficult situation to even try to understand for most people because I never did understand where he was at mm-hmm. other than he's basically saying, hey, you see the my way or it's the highway. Mm-hmm. And that was the kind of the word that we got. Uh, do I want to lose an NFL franchise in the state of Missouri? No, I don't want to lose no NFL franchise. We can keep from it. But on the other hand, you know, ownership does have a responsibility too. And I don't think you just put it on the burden of the state of Missouri to to, to take the most of the responsibility. And just to clarify for a moment, it was a line of credit to the agency that basically oversees the dome, the RSA. But that was a decision that was made during that time. But the point is, I think Jason's broader point is that the lieutenant governor, you will be sitting on various boards, such as this board, right. 
There's also the low income. Uh, yeah. yeah, the yeah, low, yeah. low income. Yeah. I'd like to hear your your philosophy yeah, your on, on low income yeah, housing sure. tax credits because sure. I know that you've been in the Senate when that issue has, you know, become a huge part of the discussion. There are a lot of conservative Republicans who feel that that tax credit should be curtailed because they see it as inefficient. But there's a lot of ordinary people who see it as a very important incentive. So no. I'd, I'd like to hear what you, your, your thought would be on yeah. that. I, I, I've been a supporter of the low income taxes. Uh, I have since the tax credit since I've been there, even on the historical side. I've, mm-hmm. been, I've been a supporter of that over the years. Do I think it needs to be fine tuned, as you said? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you need to take a look at it and make sure what's efficient and what's not. And I think there is places to do that. But look, if you live in rural Missouri for, for low income housing, and I grew up in a little town of 356 people. I mean, most of it was old farms, uh, people that had never lived in new homes. It's just the reality. This wasn't Bolivar, right? No, it was Wheatland. Wheatland. <laughs> Wheatland. I was like, yeah. Bolivar has more than 300 people yeah. from what we- I remember. Wheatland was 356, to be right. Maybe 355 since I left. It didn't grow much. But yeah, but, but when Wheatland, when you come into low-income housing or senior housing, wherever you want to call it, that's probably some of the best housing some of those people ever lived in. So, and, and people are not going to come to those rural areas like that or small areas and build housing projects without some kind of incentives. I think this region of the state same way, St. Louis. I mean, you know, there's a certain amount of people that's going to need a place to stay, and, and the only way you're going to do that is incentivize to do it. But I also think that it has a lot of good qualities about it. You know, when you're out there as far as creating jobs, uh, about money staying in the state. I mean, there's a lot of good things about it. So I think, you know, looking at any government program, whether it's low-income housing, historical housing, yeah, you need to take a look at all and analyze all of them. And I think whoever the next governor is, I think that'll be one of the things they do is to go in there and do that. And whichever candidate's the next governor, I hope they all evaluate all the programs and try to figure out, hey, how do we do it better? Now, the other another board that you'd be on is the Tourism Board, which I think is probably less controversial than the two things I just mentioned, but also a very important industry for this state. I know it's in a very important industry for southwest Missouri and southern Missouri, which what, where you represent. What would be kind of your ways to bring Missouri's tourism industry kind of a step further if you're a lieutenant governor? Yeah, yeah, well, first of all, I'm excited about having that opportunity because I think promoting tourism in the state could be one of the most fun and fantastic jobs you could ever have, traveling the state, trying to promote little towns. We was in Herman the other night, for example. Mm-hmm. What a great little town to, do, to be to promote as lieutenant governor. And I look for different ways we can do it with social media. I look at contests you, contest you can have in different these communities, whether it's restaurants, whether it's wineries. Would it be raffling off Bob Holden's wine, for example? <laughs> well, hey, I just read that the other day. I, do, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. know. I, know. I don't know if it'll make any money or not. Now, there... This is an example of the of the commission, but also of another broader issue. But one of the big things that Lieutenant Governor Peter Kinder had championed uh, during his long tenure was uh, the bike uh, rice that it was known as Tour of Missouri. Right. Sure. And the, and the, and that had kind of gone through the Tourism Commission. He got in a big dispute with uh, Governor Jay Nixon about it because of spending and this and that. The bottom line is it's no more. If you were lieutenant governor, is that the type of thing you might want to try to resurrect or not? Oh, I, I think it's a great opportunity. That was a very successful program for the state. You also had a BMW rally in Sedalia, Missouri here a few years ago that brought thousands and thousands of people here. Those are the time events we need to get, whether they're in St. Louis, whether in Kansas City, whether in Sedalia, Missouri, or, or the bicycle. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing I want to say about that, and I want you to, both of you, to hear me clear, and I hope the people out here do too. Whoever the next governor is in the state of Missouri, whoever that person is, in my position as lieutenant governor, I will figure out a way to work with them 
to move Missouri forward on issues. Well, because this sort of illustrates, the, and what you just said illustrates the broader point. There could be a likelihood that you, as a Republican, could be serving with a Democrat if um, if Chris Coster is elected governor. Now, Missouri has had this before. Harriet Woods was uh, lieutenant governor under uh, John Ashcroft, and then Mel Carnahan was lieutenant governor under John Ashcroft. Right. This is in the 80s. And so, and that there were some tensions there. And in fact, Mel Carnahan got in a court fight with um, Ashcroft over what his duties were. And one of the constructive things the court fight did was basically at least make the decision that the governor pretty much calls the shots on who's in control when he or she is out of the now, state. Now, granted, I was not born yet during this scenario, but it is my... <laughs> you don't have to drive but that it home. Is, it, is not, it is my understanding that Kenny Rothman and Kit Bond actually got along reasonably well with each other. It might have been because Kit Bond was term limited and Kenny Rothman didn't really need to fight him, but well, I mean, and Rothman had been a legislative leader. So, but beforehand. that's a, but that's an example. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that's an example of a Democrat and a Republican can work together. So, yeah. I'd like to hear your you, philosophy you know, on that. You know, hopefully, my record will speak for that, and I encourage you to ask other legislatures on the other side of the aisle, my friends that are over there. Here, here's the bottom line: there is going to be some issues that you know that you're never going to agree with on the political side. It may be social issues, it may be something, but you're never going to agree on them. So, walk on. You know, get to the points that are important. Get to infrastructure. Get to tourism. Get to education. Those things are not Democrat-Republican philosophy. Those are things, what's good for Missouri? I will find those grounds. I've always believed there's a huge difference between a politician and a statesman and in Jeff City. And it's the guys that get in a room and you talk about the issues and you quit worrying about where the powers to be in the political arena are and you try to figure out, okay, can we get this done? And at what portion can we get it done? You might not get to hit a home run, but you might get to hit a single. So at this point, um, do you feel that your contest is being affected at all by the other contests? I mean, we'll get into the broader issue later, but just in the yeah. from the fact that there is kind right. of a rather nasty uh, race for governor. And do you think that you're going to manage to avoid that? Well, you know, I, I, Joe, I don't know. Uh, you know, you got the national level going on. you got the governor's race going on. And how that's going to affect the down-ticket races, uh, I'm going to go back to what I said early on. I think for you, if you're a down-ticket guy like me, you better have your tail end out there working. Mm-hmm. And, and you better take care of the – don't be relying on somebody above you to take care of you. You go out there and you work your campaign and let people know where you stand and let you know who you are. Now, what do you see as the biggest differences between you and Russ Carnahan? You know, if, if you take a look at our records – I mean, just from the beginning to the end, when we started our careers and where we're at, I think one, my service to the United States military is, is a huge thing to me. It's one of the most highest honors I've ever had serving. My law enforcement career over 20 plus years, being a third generation farmer that currently farms and agriculture is the number one industry in this state, small business owner. And if you take, if you take Russ, in, in fairness to him, he simply, he, he's a trial attorney. He served in Congress. His wife's a lobbyist. And most of his ties are in Washington, D.C. or the St. Louis region, I believe, where he lives. He's voted with the president of the United States 99% of the time. And let me just say this. There's not a Democrat or Republican in the state of Missouri I truly believe would line up with the president of the United States, Barack Obama, 99% of the time. Cap and trade was devastating for Missouri. He supported that. Obamacare, he supports that. And we all know now that there's huge issues with Obamacare. It's either going to be thrown out or it's going to be fixed. But everybody's now saying you have to deal with it. And I think just the difference between his record 
of what he's done in his career versus my record is a clear difference. And I just think the difference between me and Russ Carnahan is day and night. And, yeah. I, and I feel like I'm running more against the name than I am the individual. Yeah, I was going to ask you yeah. about that, and Joe was going to ask you about that. Yeah, because, I mean, um, <laughs> being a little little older than Jason, I mean, I covered Mel Carnahan extensively for, you know, for a, at least 15 years before he died and knew Russ Carnahan then uh, from the standpoint of when he was in the State House. And the point is that the Carnahan name does have some panache, it doesn't always. Robin Carnahan, uh, his sister and Mel Carnahan's daughter, uh, was elected Secretary of State. But then she, when she tried to um, run for the U.S. Senate, Roy Blunt handily beat her. It right. was a, it was a Republican year. It was an off-year election, so there was a lot of things that were in play. Right. But my point being, you can't just rely on that name. But how is it? I mean, so you're saying that you are running against the name a bit? Do people? Bring yeah, that up to you, or yeah, kind of I, I, you? I think a lot of times, and, and like I said, I, I don't know Russ. I've, I've shook his, I've shaken his hand once, I, so I don't know him personally whatsoever. Uh-huh. I've never served with him or anything, but most of the people that you travel the state just absolutely tells you that. Says, "Hey, it's not him you're running against; it's you're running against his last name," because I don't think his public service record is all that great a record. I mean, I just I don't see that, or I don't hear anybody saying, "Hey, he did this or he did that." You know, when, when he's when he's in public service, and when you look at, you know, the national debt rises eight point eight trillion dollars when he's there, and you know he he voted for himself a pay increase. I mean, those are things that are fair for people to know to make a decision on who they vote for. Those are not things that I'm making up here, or just pulling out of the air. These are things that he actually done, and, and my whole point is, how does, why would we think somebody that's been a U.S. congressman? With that record, why are they good for Missouri? And and he'll get an opportunity to say that. But to me, you know, Missouri, we're trying to do the right thing here. I'm not for sure Washington values is what we need here. So I got to ask you about his latest ad because it has directly attacked you. It not only includes uh, Democrat Nancy Wilson, but also your former chief of staff. I, I don't actually know how to pronounce his name. I've met him a couple of times. Um, and there was a story in the Star where he made all sorts of allegations against you. Right. In, in the ad, it talks about how you've taken lobbyist gifts and money from a company that wanted to take over Missouri farmland for China right. and whatnot. Right. First of all, were you surprised by the, the structure of the ad, that it featured your former chief of staff? And two, were you surprised by what you were being attacked against? Yeah, you, you know what? It, it's, it's again, uh, you got an employee that left under uh, situations uh, that wasn't the, wasn't the best of situation. Okay. He resigned. Uh, you know, look, my work ethic and my – I'll tell you first thing. I'm a hard guy to work for. Because when you go, when you work in my office, and you can ask my staff today, and I encourage you both to call them, <laughs> we work. I mean, you know, and, and unfortunately, this staff member had a tendency, you know, he wanted to stay at home. He didn't want to come in. He didn't want to put the hours in that he should have put in. And by the way, his name is Bubs Hulian. Yeah. yeah. And again, if I, I pronounced his last yeah. name incorrectly, I apologized yeah. him, but continue. The, the, the bottom line is he resigned. He wanted me to keep him on for three months on the government payroll. And I didn't do that. What about the yeah, charges so, in the so actual the ad, though? Because he, it's, it basically is inferring that you have essentially, uh, not, I don't want to say enriched yourself off of Jefferson City, but taken a lot of largesse. I know that you probably would counter that Russ Carnahan has taken some, too. But, you know, I think I would like you to answer to look, that. Look, you know, I've been attacked on this through the primary, too, so I'll go over it again. Okay. Sure. 
you know, for 12 years, people come up with this, that you've had all this uh, plush lifestyle you've had up there. The biggest part of that was in a trip when I went to Israel Mm -hmm. that was paid by the Jewish Federation of St. Louis. Mm -hmm. That was almost $5,000 that I went over there and took a trip, an economic development trip. When I come back from that trip, I introduced a piece of legislation that Missouri opened its own economic development office in Israel. Mm. Since that time, there's been four startup companies come to this area of the state right here. With And I just met with some of them today before I come over here. There's 28 more that are in the discussions of coming to Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, if they want to criticize me for going there, fine. That's part of it. You know what? You can go over this gift situation all along. Just let me give you one, a couple of scenarios. Sure, you know, sure. And you can look all you want. I got four MU basketball tickets one time for a kid that has autistics because he couldn't go on a senior trip. And they call me, as parents do. And do I have the ability to call someone and say, hey, can I get four tickets to this? Yes, and I did. You know, I'm not afraid to discuss that with anybody, anytime. But I'm going to tell you, I believe that there's honor and integrity in what I do. And I believe it's up to the individual legislators to maintain that. You're not going to find any plush gifts, anything I've done that's been inappropriate that I'm not afraid to tell my people back home mm-hmm. on that. Bubs's problem is, you know, he's a disgruntled employee. He left, and all of a sudden now he decides because I am running for a statewide office, here I can get a shot at my old boss. That's what that all amounts to, and it's, it's just it's ridiculous, and unfortunately uh, it's, it's just not the way I do business. Now, um, I wanted to bring up the, uh, the China uh, measure because this was hammered in another race in the primary, the Republican primary. The reason is because I've written about this um, earlier is that this was a measure that um, eased some of the state's restrictions on foreign ownership of, of agricultural land, although, the, although there still remain strict provisions, A. And B, while the Republican-controlled General Assembly passed it, Governor Jay Nixon, a Democrat, signed it. So it wasn't, th- this was not like some sort of override thing. So I'm just wondering how big of a, of a issue do you hear when you're campaigning about that? I mean, as I said, in the attorney general's race in the primary, that was a huge thing. But I mean, yeah. just kind of your thoughts about First this. First of all, I don't hear it at all on the campaign trail. And I think when you look at my background as probably one of the, uh, one of the strongest ag leaders in the Missouri General Assembly, I think you're going to find hard press for me to ever say that, hey, I'm going to let the Chinese government, which they use, which is totally inaccurate about that, too, right. you know, because it just wasn't the Chinese government that goes into foreign oil. Missouri is heavily protected from outside organizations coming into this state. Always has been, always will be. You know, the heart and soul of this state is agriculture, the number one industry in this state. I don't think there's been a larger advocate than me in this. So. You know, you know, he can run all the phony ads he wants about me, but I think he's going to have a hard time ever putting to me that I'm not going to be supportive of agriculture in this state. He's going to have a rough time selling and I'll, people. I'll ask this question of him, but one of the things that uh, was brought up in that Holly situation was there were some Asian-American groups who spoke out against the emphasis on China and thought it was a racially tinged attack. I, I'm curious if you, you think that as well. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, all we did is use this in a commercial. Yeah, I mean, nobody else is coming here talking about this other than us in the political arena. We're yeah. the ones, whoever these guys were, made these ads. Yeah, this was never even a discussion before politics got yeah. involved. But I feel like, I mean, this is my, this is not, a, I'm not even going to use the word people say or some say. Yeah. When I saw those ads, not and, and including like the reference to yours, right? 
my thought is that the, 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 the emphasis behind that is to scare rural Missourians because there may be some racial animus against Chinese people. Right. I mean, that was directly alleged in the yeah. Holly situation. Right. Well, I mean, the backdrop of this is that uh, a Chinese firm bought Smithfield Farms, which right. is a major pork producer. Right. Right. And they've got some um, operations in Missouri. That's really what this but, was all about. But I feel like, I mean, there, this has been going on for decades, if not right. centuries, that, that there have been political people that have used use the 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 fear of kind of Asian influence in a very derisive and racially tinged way. So that's why I'm asking you if you think that the, what's going on here. Because sure, yeah. Anytime you're using those kind of commercials, you're trying to build on people's emotions. Mm-hmm. That's what that's all about. I mean, it, there's, you know, again, factual basis. You know, what about New Zealand farmers that are here? Yeah. Good farmers are running dairy farmers now, mm-hmm. southwest Missouri. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But they're not using, they're not, they're, they're not using New Zealand farmers invading Missouri in ads. Because right. not yet. Yes. <laughs> but, well, but I mean, you know, that's I mean, why I'm bringing I'm, I don't mean to harp on this right. point, but I'm not the only one who noticed that line of attack during the primary. And there were people who were and, and this is not a criticism toward you. This is more right. of an, something that uh, people brought up about this line of attack, basically. Yeah. Now, but but looking at this at a, at a broader picture, segueing from this, you talk about emotions. Um, there's also strong emotions at the top of the ticket. Uh, uh, between Trump and Hillary Clinton, uh, we are not a battleground state on that race. At least that's the perception. Not yet. The whole issue is whether or not Trump, who is expected to carry Missouri, carries it by a lot or just a little bit. That's the reason we're not seeing too many of the presidential ads, because the Democrats do not need Missouri to win the White House. The Republicans assume they will have it. If that changes then you might see ads or more visits in the last couple of weeks. But that said, a lot of people are looking at whether or not Trump's edge is, let's say, five percentage points or less, or more than five. If it's less, there's contention that this could be trouble for Republicans down ballot, depending on, I mean, in some of the more spirited contests. How do you see it? How do, how do you think that may or may not affect your contest, there have been speculation for months about the, quote, Trump effect of, you know, some uh, rural Missourians, um, working class Missourians like in Jefferson County and South St. Louis County being whipped up in favor of Trump. From your neck of the woods, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? And what impact do you think it might have on your race? Well, first of all, I, I think the Trump syndrome out there is real. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people come out and vote for Donald Trump in the state of Missouri. I mean, is that still hot or is any of this uh, accusations against him tamp some of that down? No, I, I, I think it's just as hot as it was okay. uh, a month ago. I mean, you know, you, you've got the people on both sides of that issue that are pretty pumped up. Uh, and you see signs of that all over the state. I mean, you see more and more signs. Now, because the Democrats are here, Hillary Clinton's not coming to the state of Missouri. You know, unfortunately, the way the system's set up right now, there's only about five battleground states, and they're all going right. to isolate on them. So Correct. it doesn't matter what's this race or another race. You know, that's just the way this is going to be. But I think Donald Trump uh, makes a difference. If he wins by by eight points versus five points, that makes a difference in my race. Yeah, because you know? this is this is why. In 2012, Mitt Romney won by nine points, but because Todd Akin imploded so badly, it affected race. the rest of the ticket. Right. Now, again, I've said this on this show before. We're 14 days out. One of these two candidates could make a colossal blunder, 
But I haven't seen Eric Greitens or Roy Blunt make a Todd Akin like mistake so far, which which was going which yeah. means. But on the other hand, there have been some who saying that one of the reasons the U.S. Senate contests, in particular between Jason Kander and Roy Blunt, are so close, is one of the things yes. that's affected it is, the is a race. is the presidential race and the fact that maybe Trump isn't as strong here as some hoped. But on the other hand, that the Senate contest here is, is among about a half dozen nationally that will probably be pivotal pivotal Correct. in determining Correct. whether Correct. Republicans or Democrats control the Senate. So you're running for lieutenant governor. <laughs> but I kind of, I mean, as you see all this going on around you, how does this affect your race at all? Well, I th- you know, I, I think you're always concerned how it affects you. But I, I go back to what I told you earlier at the beginning of the show. You work hard. You've got to get out there and sell yourself. You can't depend on what Donald Trump does and what Roy Blunt does. You know, uh, you, we're at a time where you've got Donald Trump that's the outsider, uh, right. Eric Greitens, which is, somewhat, which is the outsider. People are looking at that. They're energized okay. with that issue. Okay, that, that's that, I wanted that, to know. That, what that, they are, and that's what you see. Uh, a Roy Blunt. I, I think Roy Blunt will win that Senate race. I, I do. But I think people are up there saying, okay, you've been up there X number of years. You know, and you have that mentality. If you've got that name tag to you right now, where it used to be maybe a positive thing, maybe not so positive right now. Because yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people saying, "Hey, we want change," and that's kind of the Donald Trump syndrome—the good and the bad of Donald okay. Trump. Okay, so now whoever wins, it's going to be a new lieutenant governor after 12 years of Peter Kinder. But are you traveling a lot with a lot of the other Republicans, or are you basically carving your own? campaign path as you travel around the state? You know, I, I was out with uh, Eric Greitens last weekend. I'll be out with him again this weekend. Okay. Some it's the first time. But, you know, the reality of it is you, you got candidates. None of us on the Republican ticket has ever held statewide office. So this okay. will be the first time in 30 years that you, if, if we were to win, none of us would hold public office. Well, except for blind, but I know what you're, but you're yeah, talking, state. Just, you're just talking about the state, state. offices. Yeah. So, so to try to run together, it's, it's difficult. And for me, I, I'm telling you, I, just, I have to work twice as hard. I don't have the money some of them have, so I have to work twice as hard, and that's the way you do it. So if they want to tag along, they want to come along, I'm, I welcome anybody, but I'm going to work hard. You know, I've ha- I've, when I, we've had Republicans come on this show, I usually ask the question, you know, are you going to support Donald Trump? Are you comfortable with him being on, on, on president? I mean, I, I, this is an indirect way of asking this question, but it's also an, an observation that if you're right and Donald Trump wins the state bigly or big league or however you want to say, <laughs> I'm not really sure de- the Democratic attack like, oh, Republican candidate X supports Donald Trump is really that effective because you're basically saying, well, Republican candidate X supports the candidate that the majority of Missourians are going to vote for for president. Right. Right. So, right. I mean, I do kind of want you to answer the question of whether you're comfortable with Donald Trump being president, but I also want you to kind of respond to that observation. Nah, That's nah, not really you know. a not really a, a good line of attack. No, nah, look, we, I, I I say we just get this over. So, so, so. <laughs> I think so, that's the best response I've heard to that question. So, so here's the point. Yeah. I didn't support Donald Trump because of his Christian values. I didn't because I don't know what they are. Were you a Cruz person? I was not. Okay. I was not. Uh, I, di- I didn't support him because of his moral values because I didn't know what they were. I supported Donald Trump. I still support Donald Trump because I thought he would do something with the illegal problems we have coming in this country. Mm-hmm. I think he will try to do something with the infrastructure of this country to try to rebuild this country again. Mm-hmm. I think he will stop sending billions and billions of dollars overseas to a lot of foreign countries we don't have any business sending money to mm-hmm. and try to take care of the problems we have in here. You know, let's just face it. We need somebody that will 
infrastructure in this country is a big deal. Infrastructure in this state's a big deal. And we got to we got to deal with it in the state of Missouri. We got to figure out how we're going to pay for our roads, our bridges, our airports. Do I think a Donald Trump will have a better vision of that? Yes, I do. I know what Hillary Clinton's vision is. I've heard it over and over again. I do not think it's a successful story for Missouri. And I don't think it's a successful story for this country. I do not. So you know, it's a matter of sometimes you wonder how we got here. Yeah. How do we get to these two candidates? I have no idea. <laughs> well, you guys are supposed to be the experts in the I media said, market. I, I admit, I admit but, this publicly. I tweeted that he wouldn't win a single primary or caucus. That's the last time I'm ever predicting anything. I never did. I always yeah. said yeah. he had it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, 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 you know, and I, I know that. Uh, I'm, because I'm, he excites the base. Yeah. He, he does, oh. and he's a, he's a well-known quantity. He has pretty much 100% name recognition. I mean, to be to be frank, he got in a, a huge amount of media coverage during the primary that a lot Free. of the candidates didn't get. Yeah, and um, it's the reality. He won the primary, yeah. and mo- the mo- the majority of Republicans voted for so, him. So, but right. the bottom line for you is that you're saying, as you're campaigning around the state, it's not a problem at all, and in fact, it probably helps you. Oh, I think I think so. For him to run well in Missouri, if you're a Republican, yeah, I mean, it does. Yeah, I mean, you know, but you know what? I hope, I hope. People don't judge you because of that statement right there because I I really feel at the end of the day I will have a lot of people vote for me. Uh, I think there will be a lot of Democrats vote for Mike Parson before this is over. I I just truly do because I think some of them is going to know my record. Some of them is going to know I'm fair and and that I'm honest and I try to move Missouri forward. And more than anything, Joe, I think people are looking for that. Everybody's tired of fighting. Everybody's tired of gridlock. You know, move the state forward. We can't just keep standing here spinning out in the mud. My last question for you, are you super excited to preside over the Senate a lot if you win? Oh, yeah. You know, those are my colleagues in there. What, what the heck? I can boss them around for a little while. Hey, that'll be, that'll be kind of fun. They can't say much back to you, I, I don't guess. But you know what? I, I think it's a huge opportunity. I, I don't think anybody will work any harder in that position. I will. And I think for the things, when you take agriculture, which is deep in my bones, you take the number one industry in the state, tourism the number two, I can't think of a better arena for me to be in than those two things. We'll be watching the results of this race closely. I think I've said that for every candidate no, we've had, is. but I, well, I, I, am, I am actually going to be watching the yes. results. I think this is going to be a close contest. You have two spirited, hardworking candidates and with very different visions, and I think this is an exciting race to watch. So thank you again for coming into the studios. No, good to be here. For all of our stories, stlpublicradio.org. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Rosenbaum. Follow Joe on Twitter at... Jay Manis. That's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. And how would people find out more about your campaign on the Internet or yeah, otherwise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, or on our website. Just, just look us up on Facebook. That's the one we really okay. do a lot. So, okay. so that's the best way to do it. Look them up on Facebook. Type in Mike Parson. I'm sure you will be very glad that you did. We'll be back next time. Until then, so long.